We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We are just a few weeks away now from the beginning of preseason. We've got training camps just around the corner. We're going to have media day across the NBA. Man, it's almost here. Keith Smith joining me. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Go find Keith at Keith Smith NBA. Man, Keith, it feels like we're almost there, but it's still not quite that close we have a few more i'm like a kid waiting for christmas that's that's the way i feel right now yeah it's always like this at this time of year we we get here and then we're like you're you're almost there and like football starts up and then you're like all right you know that means basketball's right around the corner but still still far enough away and like the regular season's still over a month away but yeah media day in a couple weeks that'll open up training camps and we'll start you know we'll, we'll we'll find out uh just how many of the you know 510 roster players gained 15 pounds of muscle <laughs> just uh, this offseason, right? And uh, how, how many guys are in the best shape of their lives yep. and all those things. You know, it's approximately 98% of them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, then off off from there. So, yeah, well, we're, we're getting there. Um, news is a little dry. We're, we're not going to cover every single training camp roster signing and fill out if 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 one catches our eye well we'll definitely get into that but uh, we're going to get back into our offseason uh, reviews here with a couple of teams that uh should be pretty good this year what well, one i think i feel very confident in saying will be very good well since they are the reigning champs yeah they, they should be they should be pretty good uh the golden state warriors that's what we're going to kick off off with we'll get to the brooklyn nets in the second half of the show Let's dive into it. The Golden State Warriors, the the defending champions, uh, had an interesting offseason. I think we finally saw the salary cap, the luxury tax start to really get to the Warriors, and they had to make some tough decisions with uh, with a few players. But nevertheless, this is still a really, really, really good team, particularly if this team might even be better this season just if you're getting a better version of Clay Thompson, if he's that much stronger, that much further removed from his injury. But I suppose really we should start with what did they do this offseason? Um, in terms of bringing in guys like Dante DiVincenzo, I, I mean, you also had some some tough losses. Otto Porter Jr. being a guy, Gary Payton the second. What what was your overall thoughts on on the offseason, Keith, and the moves that they made in terms of players coming and players going? Yeah, I think in terms of the guys who went out, they lost more than they gained, mm-hmm. but I think they can offset that with just a natural improvement from some of their younger guys. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think what we saw um, go out the door, 
just so we're, we're thorough and cover Otto Porter Jr., who was huge for them, especially in the finals. He ended up starting uh, by the NBA end of the NBA finals and really played quite well. Gary Payton, the second, another, you know, big loss for them. Uh, you know, probably, well, not even probably he's there was their best backcourt uh, defender that they had. They, they also lost Nemanja Bielitsa who had moments at times. We're still waiting to f- see what happens with Andre Iguodala. We don't really know uh, just yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, if he's going to retire or not, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson uh, also left just another, you know, energy guy. I know you're, you're looking forward to seeing him uh, with your Lakers this year. And then Damian Lee. Um, so, Couple really major losses, couple kind of in the middle, and then a couple, you know, we'll see uh, what that looks like, um, you know, towards the end of their bench. And then you mentioned it, Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green. Those are the two big guys that the Warriors are bringing in that are going to be kind of the replacement for the guys that they lost. So we'll see what that looks like. They've got a bunch of guys that they're bringing into camp, basically to to kind of fight for spots. They drafted Patrick Baldwin at the end of the first round. He was a kid that a lot of people thought would be a, uh, a lottery pick, but had a really rough season in college. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I think it's a combination of what do you get from the guys you brought in, but also you're counting on big major jumps forward from the young guys on the roster that, that played some last year, but I think you're looking forward to taking bigger roles this coming season. Yeah, I mean, you look at, so, for example, losing Otto Porter Jr., you're not really replacing him with Jamichael Green. You're more, if you're the Warriors, you're replacing him with Jonathan Kaminga, right? right. That's that's what you're ideally trying to do here. And Kaminga showed flashes last year. So as these guys just organically and naturally improve, you might be able to withstand those particular losses because you do have these young guys. Uh, James Wiseman, we haven't talked about, about yet. Former number two pick. This is a guy who didn't we didn't see much of last year, but... Could he be a factor um, this coming season? They've got some guys that are interesting, I think, in terms of the young talent. Mm-hmm. Guys that you typically wouldn't see on a defending championship team, right? Because usually they're not bad enough to get players like this. But the Warriors had that down year uh, or a few down seasons and allowed them to go get guys like uh, like Wiseman, like Kaminga, like Moody. They were able to pick up some of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's the difference, right? They They – uh, for lack of a better way to phrase it, they made the most of a couple terrible years. Yeah. Uh, we think where it's still pretty unrealized potential, especially with Wiseman. Uh, we didn't see him at all last season, but he looked pretty good in summer league. Uh, when we saw him, at least physically, we, I don't, necessarily so much care about the production the way he looked but but physically he was moving well and uh, made some plays and he gives them a different dynamic at that center spot Kavon Looney clearly held has held things down quite well and did you know played really really solid uh basketball all the way through but now yeah now now you get uh Wiseman back and we'll see you know what what that looks like I think as you start to flesh out this team you know all right the starters at least most nights looney green wiggins thompson and curry as solid as it gets that's as good a starting five as there is in the nba Mm -hmm. then on the on the bench you're probably going to see something like wiseman jamichael green jonathan kaminga uh, probably uh, dante divincenzo and jordan pool and then moses moody will mix in there some because they're clearly not going to push a guy like clay thompson very hard uh, in the regular season those things so it's really reliant on a lot of youth off their bench but if those guys are ready this team's gonna be really scary uh, and you know 
later in the season as those guys gain experience and the like. And then that's the bridge, right, to uh, whatever's coming next for this Warriors team in the next three, four seasons. Because I think, you know, this group has constructed, they probably get another couple really good years of uh, basketball in them as a, a, you know, that core group together along with uh, Wiggins, um, the newish member to that group. Uh, Contract-wise, for the future, the subplots here for the season, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, what are we keeping an eye on with uh, with those guys for? Yeah, Poole, we'll see if they reach the rookie scale extension. Um, that can go all the way up to right before the season. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, with him, there was a lot of thought of, you know, is, this, is he a $100 million guy? And if he is, can the Warriors pay him? Um, that money because uh, the one guy you didn't mention there, Andrew Wiggins, right? Is yes. he's also an expiring contract, and we don't really know what to expect out of him. And then Draymond Green has a player option for next year, so Green, you know, he's he's going to play things out this year, my guess is, and then we'll see, you know, where everything looks going into next year. It's hard at this point to envision him playing for anybody but the Warriors. Yeah. Especially as long as Curry and Thompson are there, right? Like it just would feel wrong and weird, but we've been down this path many, many times in the NBA where it feels wrong and weird for a guy to be finishing out his career somewhere else. And then we'll see with Wiggins. There is a thought out there that after this year where they said, eh, we can't really pay Peyton and Poole or, or Porter, both rather. Can we pay Wiggins and Poole? Uh, both you know what is that going to look like do we have to pick one or the other which one is more important to the you know not only the immediate but the long term what is that going to look like so because if Wiggins puts together another year like he did last year you're not looking at a guy who's dropping from 33 million down to 20 million you're looking at a guy who's probably going to be again in the 30 million range came off an all-star appearance he was great in the finals uh you know you could argue other than Steph Curry he was their best player uh, all around. He played really, really well um, in the NBA Finals. So, yeah, you really do start to look at it and say, all right, where are we going with this? Because we've got all these guys who are um, you know, really, really expensive players moving forward. If you're Andrew Wiggins, you've got to be you're, – you're wishing you were a free agent this summer <laughs> instead of instead of next summer because he's coming off – and look, a lot of people question, myself included, whether or not Andrew Wiggins really should have been an all-star or if he was just voted in because the Warriors have a large fan base. Regardless – I think he proved himself and silenced all the doubters, certainly with what he did in the playoffs. And he was so great. He just, if there's any way that he can maintain what he did during that playoff run, he's in line for a lot of money as well. So that's a good point too. You know, Wiggins is a guy who, when I look at this list, I think, how can you lose Wiggins if you're Golden State after what he just did for you in this playoff run, particularly when we look at, at the finals, it's going to be interesting to see where they're willing to spend and, and where they're not because you name those guys. I, I That's going to be tough. I, I don't see any of those guys that jump out and I say, oh, well, you could lose this guy as long as you keep that guy. That's going to be a really difficult decision if that's indeed you – know, they could just decide to pay them all and say, you know what, we're going, to, we're going to pay the price and we'll keep everybody. But it becomes increasingly punitive, so we'll see what the, the Warriors actually decide. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a world – pay everybody yeah. i think this you know letting peyton and porter uh go this offseason was a sign of all right we we can't pay them all because there was a thought of all right who's gonna stay peyton or porter because only one can get the right. uh you know the money that this offseason and then it turned into neither and and i don't think that's the end of the world right we went through they've got a bunch of young guys that need to get some minutes if for no other reason you need to find out 
you know, is Moses Moody a guy who can really be part of whatever the next Warriors team is? You know, can we uh, you know, count on James Wiseman in a couple years to take over the starting center spot and be a major contributor? So you don't want to continue to keep paying um, these veterans that are going to really kind of muddy the waters and not open up playing time uh, for all the kids. So it is going to be interesting to see how they play through it. That said, this upcoming season, they're – they're a good bet to run it back, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, again, um, you know, of course, injuries could completely wreck it, it like like it did for the Warriors a couple years ago. But uh, you know, as long as they're you know moderately healthy or what should be expected health wise with an older team, because I do think Thompson's going to miss some games. Draymond Green generally misses about 20, 25 games a season now at this point. But as long as they're you know relatively healthy, they, this team probably finishes in the top four in the West. Mm-hmm. And then come playoff time, they're as good a bet as anybody in the Western Conference to make it all the way back to the finals. You know, and what's funny is when I, when I look at this and we talk about the organic growth from the young players, I think about Wiseman, I think about Kaminga, I think about Moody. Jordan Poole is 23. Like he's he's one of those young guys as well. And maybe it's just me, but it's like he's already made such a leap that I think we think of, you know, or at least in general, I, I see a lot of well, the organic growth from the Warriors is going to come from from those guys, from Kaminga, from Wiseman, from Moody. Jordan Poole at 23 years old, he should naturally progress as well. So this season, I, I think this team could be really, really good. Pickley, if let's say you get two of these young guys, Poole, let's say Poole and Kaminga take a big step from where they were last last season, this team's going to be dominant. Again, the only question really is how how they pay all these guys. And again, that's going to be the big subplot of the season for the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that will hang over things a little bit. If you see, let's say Andrew Wiggins has like a, a week where he takes 20 shots a game and doesn't play well, you're going to get some people like, is Wiggins kind of gunning for stats to get his contract number? You know, where is this going? You know, is the best thing for that to happen? Um, it's it's easy to forget, and I think explain away. Well, they won the title, but there are questions in the regular season. Are there enough minutes to go around for all these guys? I tend to think yes, because Steve Kerr is uh, right on the forefront, kind of right. It's no surprise, right? He's a pop guy. He's right behind pop as far as the, nope, we're not, not only are we not going to rest, we're not even going to bring the guys. <laughs> They're not even coming, you know, to, to road game X. They're just going to completely stay home and, and do their thing. And we're not even going to go through it. So yeah, I, I do think we're in a position where let's see, I, I am very curious to see Dante DiVincenzo. He looked really good, uh, not last year, but the year before with yeah, Milwaukee. He, did. Um, he was starting to do some on-ball stuff as a creator. Um, can really, he's a better defender than I think people realize. Um, and of course, you know, he can shoot the ball. And then last year was just really a lost season and kind of a mess. So we'll see what 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 he does for them. Jamichael Green, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but I'm not sure the Warriors necessarily care all that much because i think ideally like you you mentioned before the cope is kaminga steps forward and is willing to you know not willing but is ready uh to take on on that bigger role but yeah it'll be you know fun to monitor it's gonna be more fun to monitor the kids on this roster because i think you know the veterans we we kind of know what they all are and boring we already know what they do come on yeah exactly you know <laughs> g- g- give me some of the kids and you know we'll, we'll see and i think there will be you know, games where it'll be, you know what? 
Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, Looney. You guys all take take a take a seat. Where we're gonna run with you know all the kids and you know the second unit and third unit guys tonight, and and we'll go because they also know they don't need to win sixty plus games in the regular season. They they they're you know getting the top four, have home court advantage. That's plenty enough for the Warriors uh, to make a good deep playoff run. But they might win. That's that's what's crazy about the Warriors right now. It's not just that they've got staff, they've got Clay, they got Wiggins, they got Green, they they've got all these guys. Yes, they do, but. They could roll out their second unit, and that and it might be, hey, our starters are taking a, a night off. It's a load management night or whatever. They'd still be really dangerous to win that game against just about anybody. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right? On any given night, that's yep. that's a group. That's a really good second group. I'm not saying I would pick them to win a championship sure, starting yeah. that, that five or anything like that. But I'm saying like on a random Wednesday in January, you could roll that team into a, into a game against, uh, I don't know, a, another Western conference. You could roll that team into a, into a game against the Mavs. OKC, or, or Houston. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. OKC Houston. But I'm saying you could give the Mavs a run for their money. You could sure. beat some of the lower level teams in the NBA with that starting. Yeah. Game. You need the kids to step forward, but, but yeah, they're, they're, they're good. Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing. These are not guys with you know uh, little potential. And you know, kind of your point on pool. These guys are all pretty young too. These are not 25, 26 year olds. They're you know 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds. Yep. All right. Should we jump over to the uh, the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's see what's going on with. Have you heard? I think um, Zach Lowe calls it really really good. He calls them the Brooklyn on papers. <laughs> which I think is a uh, is a, is a pr- pr- pretty tremendous descriptor um, for the Nets. I, I think it's uh yeah it's well we'll we'll get into it here in a minute. But you know this team has as much talent on paper as any team in the league. It's just is it all going to come together? We're we're going to find out. It's a fair question based on the way things went last season. But I mean the the biggest thing of their off season, they did not trade Kevin Durant. They did not trade Kyrie Irving. So they hang on to these two guys. Um, you know, some Nets fans were a little bit sick of their antics and things, and understandably <laughs> so. Um, but they are back. They'll be playing basketball for the Nets this next season. And then Ben Simmons is – I would have to imagine Ben Simmons starts the season on the floor. I, I right? would hope at this point, yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. So we get to see how all that comes together. Joe Harris – this is, like you said, on on paper – this is a really, really, really good team. I mean, you could surround you could surround Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons with Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, 
Seth Curry, Patty Mills. I mean, just in terms of the floor spacing that you can provide these guys with. I mean, this this could be a devastating team offensively and defensively, again, if it all comes together. And there's going to be that natural hesitation because last season imploded so spectacularly. Yeah, and in, in, so I have two thoughts. Is One is this is the best opportunity we have had during his NBA career to get the realized version of Ben Simmons that we yeah. all wanted. Because you can put him out there very easily um, in lineups with – Simmons surrounded by Durant, Irving, Harris, Curry, or you could put Mills out there. That's as much shooting as you're possibly going to put around him um, and just let him kind of be a playmaking small ball five um, that can do stuff. I think it has been forgotten because our last image of Ben Simmons was passing up a dunk in a playoff game and those kind of things. And that was by the time he takes the floor a year and a half ago ish in that range. I think what's been forgotten is Ben Simmons was easily the most versatile defender in the league. He would defend all five positions, almost equal amounts of time. The last time we saw him uh, play and arguably the best defender in the league because he defended all five positions equally well. Um, So I think we've kind of forgotten, like this guy is a destructive defensive player. I mean, he can really, you know, do some stuff that just other guys can't offensively. Are there challenges? Sure. But if he's not in an on-ball role, I know it's easy to say, well, then you just play off him. And that's true. If they just put him in the corner, then teams are just going to walk away and leave him there. But if he's in a role where he is cutting, he's moving, he's screening, all of those things become harder. The problem is we haven't seen him do that um, with that. And then the other thing I'll just say very quickly here is, it all fell apart for a whole bunch of goofy reasons last year. Um, some of them very good. Some of them not so good. Uh, some of them really, you know, quite frankly, just ignorant and stupid um, in my opinion. But this year we're hearing a lot of, well, they're not going to have X, Y, and Z to deal with. But the reality is how many games, if, if I told you the over under on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing games together was 60, would you take the over or under on that? I would take the under. Yeah, I, even have to I, take I, I think I would take the under as well. Now that's that's a pretty good line, but I would probably take the take the under. Right. Yeah, and that's just that's just the reality of where we're at with these two guys now in their career. They miss games. Simmons is a major question mark because again, we haven't seen him play in a year and a half. Joe Harris coming off a major injury that cost him basically half of last season. So um, there's that. There's some questions about their depth. They they. They basically have Nick Claxton at the five and not much else. Um, so that that's a, a challenge. So I think those are the things that we got to kind of, you know, see, which is why I think Zach's terminology of the Brooklyn on papers is great because, yeah, on paper, it looks great. On, on paper and in Excel spreadsheets, you can dream up, you know, 15 different lineup constructions that look good. But how are they going to look when they actually hit the floor together? And how often are we going to see those groupings hit the floor together? That becomes a major challenge. Yeah, that's going to be the big, one of the or one of the big question marks. Uh, what what are they doing at the center position? Is it is it Dayron Sharp? Is that what they're relying upon? It seems weird to me that there's there's plenty of centers out there still. Center is it? It's easy to go find just a replacement level center. It's probably the easiest position to go pick someone up at currently in in the NBA and they haven't done it yet. So what do you think the the plan is? Are they 
already just planning on, okay, Ben Simmons, 25, 30 minutes a night, and you're going to be the five? I My guess is that maybe where they're going. My guess is they're looking at and saying, hey, these guys who are out there, so let's do it this way. Guys that they lost from last year's roster, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Brown Jr., Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and that's it. For, for the guys who were on last year's roster. Now, a lot of very, very recognizable names. Probably the easily the most impact there, Bruce Brown Jr., I think was the best player of that group. But Andre Drummond, who was a big part of that trade, that sent uh, James Harden to Philly, and they got back uh, Ben Simmons. But Drummond came back and was uh, their starting five from that point forward. Griffin and Aldridge, eh, they didn't look so good. They they were really were completely out of the uh, rotation down the stretch over the last couple of months of the season. Um, with that, Dragic, we'll we'll see you know what, what he's got left. At times he looked okay, at other times he didn't look very good. But this team has more than enough guards. So to answer your question, my guess is they're probably looking a little bit at this and saying, "Hey, we've done the older big, the the veteran guy who's been around." for the last couple of years at the five and it's just been kind of okay. So I got to believe they're also saying, Hey, let's get by with Claxton starts is my guess. Then Simmons is going to, we're going to make him play some minutes at the five. And then if we're still looking a month or two into the season, maybe Dwight Howard, DeMarcus cousins, Aldridge, maybe Griffin, if we wanted to go back to them, those guys will probably still be out there. We can look at signing one of those guys, you know, around the holidays or something like that. Then move forward. Cause much like the Warriors, this is a team that is pretty expensive and uh, is, you know, going to have a pretty high payroll. Yeah. That, that could very well be their plan. It's just, it's something that stands out as a possibility that it, it may need to be addressed at some yeah. point during the season in terms of no, I, I think it's going to have to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. They did sign Markeith Morris, but hey, let's see. And it, my, my thing is, you know, cause a couple of people, you really don't think, you know, he's going to be a big part of things. They signed him to a non-guaranteed contract. He only gets 500 K guaranteed if he makes the opening night roster. So that to me says they're not entirely sure that he's you know a real long-term answer in the front court um small ball groups this team is set up to play some oh, ridiculously yeah. small ball units the problem is in the regular season you can't rely on those for you know six months of basketball you need to to have some guys ready to go um to play you know major minutes up front, especially when you are, you know, you're going to play against Joel Embiid four times in the regular season. You, you don't want to be rolling into a, uh, you know, regular season with only Nick Claxton and just hope for the best. You, you want to have something else in reserve. I like Daron Sharp enough. I just don't think he's ready for, for that as a second year player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they do go small and you like, imagine how many points you could put up and, and, and this doesn't speak much to the defense, but if you have a lineup with Curry, Harris, if, assuming he's healthy, Simmons, Kyrie, and KD. Yeah. Like, that's so much shooting around Simmons. Like, they could easily still have plenty of spacing, even if teams are trying to ignore Ben Simmons. They're, I mean, he could just be the setup guy. Like, if you if they back off of him, let's say Simmons has the ball at the top of the key, and they back off of him and give him space, he could take that space. And if there's anybody that's even a couple feet open, that I mean – Kevin Durant can get that shot off and, and up and no problem. The, that would be – that's the dream scenario for Ben Simmons if he's got the ball in his hands to have that much shooting around him, not to mention what he can do as a screener, as a slasher. So 
if Ben Simmons is ever going to work, I think this is a good way to, to sum it up. If Ben Simmons is ever going to work in the NBA, we're going to find out right now. Yep. We're going to find yeah, this out this it. season. If it doesn't Absolutely. work this season, it's never going to work. Yep. Completely agree. This is, this is the best chance to get the fully realized version of Ben Simmons that we've all wanted to see. Um, let's not leave out, right? Royce O'Neal, uh, I, I don't know about giving up a first round pick like they did to get Royce O'Neal, but solid addition. Um, you know, another guy who can defend, they didn't have a lot of wing defenders, um, outside of Simmons who, like I said, he's just, you know, you know, can defend anybody. So Royce O'Neal comes in another guy. He can really play two, three and four um, defensively. So that unlocks different units and then kind of took a flyer, but let's see TJ Warren. He's not showing on our screen yeah. there because he's on a minimum contract. So he's, he's just off screen. That's how little they're paying him. But if TJ Warren can come back and play and again, kind of like Ben Simmons. Now we did see him a little bit, two seasons ago we we but it's been almost two full years since we've seen basically the bubble and then it's a handful of games though. after um but this is a guy who can score with the best of them and really do it efficiently he is a very very good shooter i would assume that hasn't left it's just can he create off the bounce can he defend is he going to be able to do those things but if you can get 15 to 25 minutes a night out of TJ Warren. Yeah. Their offensive lineups. I, I'm not going to worry at all about their offense, but are we going to be seeing uh, lineup stats when you pull them up? Hey man, look at this team's offensive rating. You know, it's a, it's a 131 offensive rating. That's incredible. Oh, but the defensive rating is 129. Like that starts to be a little awesome. like, yeah, we got to be careful. Well, that's where like a Royce O'Neal comes in, Ben Simmons mm -hmm. comes in. They can help to try to patch the holes there. Of course, defense is defense is tougher, right? Offense, you can have one guy who's just so transcendent that you can cover up a lot of holes on the offensive end because sure. one guy's just so brilliant. Defense, all five guys have got to be on a string. And if you have one bad defender, that can be the downfall of, of your defense, right? That can get yeah. picked apart. So Yeah, I'm not worried about it in the regular season. I'm a little more worried about when they get to the playoffs. Are they going to have enough defense to, you know, when you're playing Boston, Milwaukee, yeah. Philadelphia, Miami, who's just very good at, you know, scheming uh, for opponents with, with their exposure, arguably the best coach in the league. Are you going to be able to um, get enough stops with the personnel that you have because we generally don't see teams, yes, you do need to be able to score to win in the playoffs, absolutely. But we don't, don't generally see it very often where it's just, hey, just go get buckets. You know, we'll figure out all the rest of it later. That's not usually how it works out. But, you know, we're going to find out here in, uh, you know, pr pretty soon because it's they, there's just not a, not a lot left. Now, trades, they've got a lot of tradable stuff. They, they, they could do, you know, if they're looking at it and saying, all right, you know what, well, we're sitting on enough uh, shooting. All right, we're, we'll we'll move Seth Curry, or we'll move Joe Harris, or we'll move the combination of those two guys to go get somebody. Um, they, they've got a lot of tradable pieces. Even even Royce O'Neal, um, you know, his contract gives them a pretty uh, movable piece at nine point two million uh, this year. He's at nine point five next year, but it's only you know very minimal guarantees. So uh, they they've got a lot of movable stuff that they can do if it's all right, we really need to you know plus up and build up our defense around these guys. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably one of the teams as odd as it sounds. We always talk about, we kind of like gravitate towards the newer teams or the teams that made a ton of changes. Mm -hmm. It feels like this team's been, been together for a long time, but when we really look at it, they haven't been. So I think I will be watching a lot of Brooklyn out of the gate just to see what does this group look like.
And we would be, it would be a mistake to, to just pass over Cam Thomas as well, who, yeah. who scored well off the bench for them last season, could give them a little bit of punch. Their bench scoring between Cam Thomas, TJ Warren, you've got some guys here Patty who could Mills. really fill it up. Patty Mills, of course. Yeah. Um, these guys can all fill it up. But again, the questions come on the defensive end. And the other thing we have to note is, look, they navigated the KD and Kyrie situation. They got through it. They managed to just, whether, whether you buy that they fake negotiated Kevin Durant trades, just trying to prove that there couldn't really be a deal that they negotiated. And even though they didn't want to actually make a deal, they were just trying to put on a show for Kevin Durant to prove like, Hey, look, we tried, but sorry, we can't trade you. <laughs> Regardless, they went through all of that this summer. It wasn't easy to go through. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're one Shams tweet away at all times from that kind of drama popping up again. So that's something else you have to factor into the next season. I very much struggle to believe in a couple weeks when camp opens, they're going to be while walking in. It's going to be big hugs for Steve Nash and Sean Marks and be like, man, what a weird summer, huh? All right, let's get to work. (laughs) Like I I just, there there was some stuff said, uh, you know, whether it be directly or indirectly. Um, Sometimes it was things that were reported being said. And we know a handful of these guys, especially Kevin Durant, he doesn't hesitate to be like, well, wait a minute. I didn't say that. Like he will call out false reports quicker than most. Uh, and he didn't do a lot of that uh, this summer. So, so let's see, you know, what this all looks like, uh, you know, as it comes together, um, you know, with this, cause I just, I struggle to believe it's all going to be, you know, rainbows and sunshine all year in Brooklyn and they, their team. Yeah. They, what, they, they start, you know, six and 10 or something like that. It could be all of a sudden we could be hearing a lot of, uh, you know, so-and-so is unhappy and they don't want to be there anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're, or, you know, Katie and Kyrie are pushing for a coach change or, you know, trade player X or whatever. We'll see what it looks like. Talent wise. It's all there. I mean, they, they should be a title contender. It's all the other stuff for me. This is why I have them. I have my top tier in the East, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. Then have Brooklyn by themselves in the next grouping. They could very easily be in that top grouping. They could very easily be down fighting in the play-in tournament like they were a year ago. It's just, you know, in, in anywhere in between. And I just kind of said, I'm going to stick them here because that's probably where, you know, I feel most comfortable with them landing. But, yeah, I mean, you could sell me on almost any version of the way this season ends. And, you know, let's see where it goes. Wide range of outcomes. For this this Nets team this season, you know what's kind of funny. I've been seeing this more and more in NBA reporting. Is we're starting to see. You, you mentioned Kevin Durant pushing back on any kind of narrative that's that's false out there or whatever. Is the semantics 
right? And how yeah. far that gets going. Like for for example, there was the whole like the whole Cam Reddish once out of that was a thing like a couple of weeks ago. Cam Reddish, you know, would would like to leave New York, and then people ran with that as Cam Reddish wants a trade. And then he pressed back and said, I didn't say that. And everybody went, oh, no, he's happy in New York. I'm like, no, he just this <laughs> yeah. is saying he didn't ask for a trade. We're seeing that kind of stuff play out more and more, where guys are starting to, like, they're making it known that they'd be okay going somewhere else without asking for a trade. So they've got that deniability at the same time. They're kind of walking that line. And we tend to live in the worlds of extremes. Um, mm-hmm. It's just funny seeing the reactions to that kind of stuff that that goes that takes place now. And NBA players are getting better and better at navigating that and be able to to say things and then still be able to deny that they actually went as far as to demand a trade or ask out or, or whatever. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, the, these guys are smart. They also know how to manage social media, manage their messaging. Uh, most of them, let's say, there, there's there's a there's some missteps along the way quite often, but but some of these guys do pretty good with it, or or they they don't care. Like KD, I don't think cares all that much. What uh, you know, what you or I or a vast majority of people think about what he has to say on social media, he's going to say what he wants and. Hey, I mean, that's his right, right? It's uh, in some ways, I appreciate it. Like, I, sure. you know, you know say, say what you want versus, uh, you know, cryptic messaging and everything else where I don't understand any of it is maybe <laughs> a moon, his a moon emoji. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe his teammate is prone to do on occasion. And I don't really know what he means by half of what he says, but well, uh, man, you know, man, us, I'm probably us, just not us normal people wouldn't understand it. Yeah. That's, that's it. I, I just, yeah. I'll, I'll say it's on me. I'm, I'm dumb enough to not understand it. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. I think that's a good place to to wrap things up. But everybody, let us know what you think. What do you think about the Nets? What do you think about the Warriors, their prospects this season? Give us your thoughts in the comment section. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on the verge of hitting that 20,000 subscriber mark. Yeah, well, let's get there before the start of the regular season. Come on, guys. Yes, please. Push us over the top. We'll get that done. In fact, I should mention the beginning of our next episode. Um, Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because we know that the people who are still listening at this point right now, let's face it, they've already subscribed. Yeah, Yeah, they're already locked in. They're they're, they're OG front runners. That's right. That's right. And we appreciate all of you. But thank you, guys. Give us your thoughts in the comments section. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.